You're listening to the unofficial Shopify podcast. This podcast is brought to you by WebsiteRescues.com. Are you making the most of your store? To download a totally free guide with 25 conversion rate optimization ideas you must know about to effectively optimize your Shopify store, head to WebsiteRescues.com and fill out the form. Shave off hours of guesswork and start growing your revenue. Welcome back to the unofficial Shopify podcast. I'm your host, Kurt Elster, and joining me today is who? Who is joining me? I'm Jordan Gall. Very nice to, uh, to be here with you, Kurt. Thank you, Jordan. Yeah, I'm glad, uh, I'm glad you, could, you could join us. That's good. Um, so we met at MicroConf. That's right. A bunch yeah. of nerds in Las Vegas, staying indoors, not going out, talking business for three days. It was a great conference. It is actually one of the best things I've ever done. And it is exactly what you described and still the best thing I've ever done. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I I agree. It's like going to Las Vegas. I mean, it actually doesn't matter where you are because we just kind of sit and talk for three days. Um, And what happens outside of the hotel may as well not not exist. Yeah, I didn't do anything crazy outside the hotel. No. Yeah, we went out like, you know, we got dinner with some smart folks and that was about it. Um, But yeah, I mean, the the value in conferences, whether you're going to like, you know, Shopify does a bunch of these talks. Um, uh, isn't necessarily in the um, the presentations. It's in that hallway track, you know, meeting people, talking to people. Yeah, and yeah. and this one, it just so ha- it just so happens that this one, the talks are also in, in any conference. It's like ten percent relevancy to your situation, and right. in in microconf, it's like over fifty percent is relevant to you, and then everyone else in the audience. Is at first there aren't that many people, which is good. You get to know a lot of people, yes. uh, and everyone's kind of in the same boat, kind of hustling from the same point of view. So it, it is a great conference. Yeah, when you're working toward a common goal, it really works well. Um, so okay, we've established where we met. Um, yes, Jordan. Who is Jordan Gall? I am currently. I mean, I'm a dad and a husband first and foremost. Uh, but currently, I am the founder and CEO of Carthook.com, and we are an abandoned cart email application that helps online retailers recover abandoned carts. Uh, and in a previous life, I ran an e-commerce business that we did a lot of drop shipping on, and you know, we, we can get into all that. Sure. Okay. So that's actually that's a good place to start. You've got, you know, I love abandoned cart recovery and talking optimization, but you've got, you know, real world in the field experience um, because you had a successful store before. So tell me about that. What was it called? Yes. So the, the company was called YCA Shops. Uh, okay. And we had we had a network of niche stores. Uh, all that means is we had several stores, each of which focused on a very narrow niche. So back in the day, uh, Hay Needle, which was then Net Shops, uh, and Wayfair, which I believe then was CSN stores, hmm. they were going after the same model, and we were basically copying their strategy. So they had these big networks. They had GardenGnomes.com and Hammocks.com, and very niche focused. And the concept, especially back then, was in AdWords and SEO, your optimization rate was much better for someone who's looking for a patio chair if they were brought to a store that specialized in patio chairs as opposed to one section of a much larger store. So instead of building up a giant store, it's funny how they actually went backwards. Now Wayfair and Hayneedle now have big mega stores, <laughs> which is going after the Amazon model. Right. Back then, yeah, that's a good point. 
Yeah. Back then they had these very narrow and we were doing the same thing. So our most successful site sold solar lighting products. Okay. Right. Most of the uh, stuff was from China. Then we had uh, electric fireplaces. We had hammocks and hammock accessories. Uh, So all these very narrow niche stores. It was was pretty interesting. Okay. So you've got – and what happened with that? So I don't come from uh, a web background, right? I I come from just marketing in general. Okay. I worked in my family business in in marketing and then got into the online thing. And um, my brother actually started the store and then I I joined. And what we did was we, we basically knew nothing. We didn't know anything about e-commerce. We were total blank slate, but we were pretty determined to make this thing work. So we just learned and applied and learned and applied like like everyone else does. Uh, but it worked. So the first month was like four hundred dollars in revenue, and then the second month was twelve hundred, and then it went to twenty five hundred, and then five, and then ten, and twenty, and fifty, and then like it went all the way up to like sixty five grand a month. Uh, and then after twelve months, we had done right around five hundred thousand in revenue, and then sold it in like month 13, 14. Hmm. That's kind amazing. Of a, That's very fast. It was very fast. It was crazy. It was fun. It was messy. Uh, it was <laughs> a huge learning experience. And, and the exit itself wasn't life-changing. I mean, right? I'm not on the beach. I mean, I happen to be wearing shorts right now, but I'm not lounging. Uh, but it was career-changing in that the experience of going from starting something to building it, growing it, and selling it was, was awesome to just kind of deal with all of that uh, stuff within a short period of time. You've done a lot. You clearly, you know, you mentioned learning on the go and learning a lot, and it was successful. So what did you learn? All right. So we had three brothers, right? It's the three of us together. One brother was in charge of getting people to the site. So that's ads, SEO, whatever it is, get people to the site. Uh, I was in charge of converting that traffic into customers, and then another brother was, okay, once they convert, customer service, fulfillment, deliveries, returns, all that other stuff. So okay, I've, so this is interesting. You've got a three-man team, and you've turned them into traffic generation, conversion rate optimization, fulfillment. Yes, is each per, so each of the three people's roles. It, it broke out nicely. I think I think those are the big, you know, big projects to deal with in e-commerce. You got to get people. Yeah. No, you got to turn right. the customers, and you got to deal with them. Right. So the three the three-man team kind of broke out nicely, uh, where you could focus on your area and and get good at it. So I was sitting in the middle. And I didn't know what I was doing, so I basically just had to learn, okay, if he's going to be successful at getting people to the site, now it all depends on me. i gotta, I got to convert them. So what we did is we basically set about learning and understanding what does it take to convince someone to pull out their credit card and buy from you. Right, uh, and, and that's essentially and that's, what like a, you know, the, an e-commerce store has to um, get people to trust them. Right, like it's really no different than a stranger on the street has a table and says, "Here, I have fine products. I just need you to tell me your credit card number." Right, <laughs> right. They need they need to they need to have the desire, they need to have the need, uh, and or the desire, and then they need to trust you enough. They need to know who you are, what you're doing. Can they trust you? Can they pull out their credit card? Uh, you know, do they see other people have had experiences with you? So it's all these things that happen in the real world that we now reflect and try to make happen online. And that's what we had to learn from, from button colors to reviews to trust symbols to all these things that combine to help convince someone uh, when they get to your site to say, hey, that's the product I want. It has the features I want. It has the benefits I'm looking for. Other people are leaving reviews that it's a good product. I see good images. 
when I hit the About Us page, I see a real company information. When I go to the shopping cart page, I see the trust symbols. I see the PayPal logo. I see the credit card information. And when I move through, it all feels good and legitimate and like it's going to fulfill the, the need that you, that you have. So all those little things are you – know, you have to learn and then apply and learn and then apply. Yeah, uh, one, there's no like one – there's no single big thing you have to do. It's just these whole series of, of trust indicators that all come together um, you know, to really make or break a store. Yes, and I think that's, that's a great point that you make where it's not one thing. It's not let me just have my website redesigned so it looks amazing. That, that's not it. It's not let me change the color of this button. It's not let me list benefits in, instead of features. It's all of these things combined that you work at every day that start to combine into a better conversion rate, one that is profitable. And then once it's profitable, you can step on the gas. So the, the conundrum that people get into in the beginning is they say, I don't know where to spend my money first. If I have a store and I have goals in mind and I, okay, this is how much I've spent in inventory. This is how much I'm spending in marketing. My web design guy, all these different things, hosting. What I always say is you want to get to a place where you can profitably buy customers. Okay. You want to, whether that's investing time in writing blog posts and content or it's running you know, CPC ads, you want to get to a place where when you spend $1,000, you get $2,000 back or better. And optimization does that for you. It says, I spent 1000 bucks, I got 500 back. Not good enough. Improve. I spent 1000 bucks, I got 1000 back. Better. Once you get to a point where you're making more money than you're spending, then your optimization is doing its job. And then you can start to focus on, let's just, now let's pour in the traffic. So it's all these different right. things. And, you know, so we're simplifying up it. The, the ad budget. Very good. So a lot of the things you talked about were... Um, were trust indicators, building credibility. How did someone go about doing that? I respect you, Kurt, and I appreciate a lot of the things that uh, that you do. I see your stuff online. I think you do. No, thank you. I'm um, just being honest. So uh, I wanted to prepare for this interview. So I have some things written out, well, like my normal pieces of, of advice for someone optimizing their store. Um, usually a lot of it is, and I want to I hear your take on this. Sure. Usually, usually a lot of it is focused on optimizing the checkout process from the shopping cart page to the checkout page to the thank you page, all that. Um, with Shopify, for better or worse, they've standardized that by, by really not giving much flexibility. But, right. but, but there are now so many Shopify stores that it's almost, it's almost gone full circle where now it's almost good to have a non-optimized standard Shopify checkout because it's expected. Right. And, Meeting, and that's, what, that's one of the, yeah, being conventional is one of the things I tell people. Like if you've got an unconventional layout, unconventional navigation, any of those things that just seem strange and I'm not used to it or unexpected, those are going to th- be barriers to conversion. They throw up friction. Um, yeah. And we've got, you know, at this point, something like 200,000 Shopify stores, you know, people are used to and have seen that, that checkout process. Um, it is evolving. There's some of my, my stores are on yet. Like there was the original checkout, then the responsive checkout is where everybody's at right now. And then there's a third one um, that's rolling out right now um, that gives you more flexibility to it, but not still not a ton. Um, and then, of course, if you pay for Shopify Plus, um, which is very nice, uh, it's a thousand a month. It's really uh, for more enterprise people, um, but it lets you modify that checkout. Yeah, it's interesting that how how, how that evolved with Shopify specifically. Um, yeah, I think that's that's a great that's a great place to start. The meeting expectations, 
especially when anytime you come and you are close to checkout, you can have a fancy home page and then the product page, as long as you get the message across and you have good pictures and you're highlighting benefits, good. Once you get to that shopping cart page and then the checkout and onward, you do not want to be fancy. You want to be super conventional and as expected. The thing, one of the things that drives me nuts is seeing checkout uh, forms that have things out of order. Oh, like, I know. Have it first name, you know, name, address one, address two, city, state, zip. Like when I see that out of order, it drives me out of my mind. Yeah, all these little things are are, are friction creators. Um, yeah, so that that's a that's a good first point. So why don't we why don't we dive into some of the things I, I wrote out here? Sure. Um, the first one doesn't actually have anything to do with with the web. Uh, the first one, and I think the most important one, is about your customers um, and talking to them and understanding what they actually want. And, and by far, the best way to do that is over the phone. Right? You can do it in person, but how often does that happen when you know if you're selling online? Right. Uh, yeah. Unless you've got like a brick and mortar store, and even then, it's it's a different result. It's not the same customer. Right. Um, so getting on the phone with as many people as possible. Um, we used to encourage. We used to have our phone number all over the place. Uh, one of the Which stories in itself I, is a trust indicator. It, exactly right. That you're willing and you're not hiding that sort of thing yeah. is a trust indicator in itself. Uh, but also encouraging it and saying, you know, don't hesitate. We're here for you. That sort of thing. Uh, that builds trust and it also gets people on the phone. So one of the stories that I like to tell about my my experience, and this is this was, I can't even overemphasize how important it was to our success. Um, we sold solar lighting products. We thought we were going to sell a lot of the type of solar lights that people put along their driveway, right, and, and light up the way. I don't know. That's what, that's what, that's what we thought. Uh, it turns out those are super cheap. You don't really want to sell those, and they're easily found offline at Home Depot or Lowe's or whatever. So what we ended up selling a lot of was spotlights. So as we started to push spotlights more in our, in our ads – we started getting the same exact question by the, by the phone, over email, chat, and the phone. People kept asking, will this spotlight reach my flag? Hmm. Okay. We had no idea what these people were talking about. So it turns out this country is gigantic, and a lot of people have the American flag out front. So the American flag has a funny like little rule attached to it, where at nighttime, you do one of two things. You either bring it inside, or you keep it lit. You don't let old glory wave in the dark. Okay? So what people wanted to know was, can I use your solar light to leave my flag out there and have it be lit at the same time? So at first, it sounds like a somewhat niche kind of ridiculous question, but we kept getting this every day. So Hmm. what we did is we listened. Then we took uh, action. We did two things. First, we went out and found manufacturers that sell lights that are powerful, powerful enough to reach 20 feet. Then we also found a manufacturer that sold uh, flag lights specifically that attached to the flagpole. Hmm. And then we, then we created on the site a section, a category for solar flag lights and started running ads to there. And on the product pages, started highlighting this will reach your flag up to 20 feet, American flag, pictures, all this other stuff. And our conversions blew up, absolutely blew up. So it turned out, and this is the same for everyone. One or two people call, that means 10 or 20 people looked and had the same question but didn't call. Okay. Yeah, that's so, a good way of thinking of it. Right. So we learned. We talked to our customers over the phone. We listened. We're humble enough to say, okay, we don't know what we're talking about. They know what they're talking about. We reflected that on the site. 
And that, that like, honestly, that made the business for us. We, we went, uh, that's what allowed us, we started selling at least a thousand bucks a day of these solar flag lights. Hmm. And you, you wouldn't found, think. So by listening to your customers, you found a niche inside your niche. Yes. We, we, they told us what they were actually looking for instead of us assuming that we know what they want. And then we listened to it and then we put that in front. And then once it became profitable, we turned on the gas with, with ads. So it's the same thing if you're selling anything online. You're selling watches online. You think your watch is cool because it can go underwater. That's nice, but your actual customer wants to know if it will fit underneath their wetsuit, right? Like all these things that you don't right. actually yeah, know. Yeah, and you couldn't know. You yeah, so I, I love this strategy. Um, we had great luck with it. Um, so much so we turned it into a, a productized service. We call it, um, God, what we, uh, it's a customer development program, but essentially we survey you know, your customers. We've got a, a standard set of questions we ask them, and then we go through it and try and figure out insights um, to uncover issues like this. And, and we did that with um, Everest Bands, who sells um, replacement wrist straps for Rolex. And they thought, and we thought, you know, because it made sense, was people wanted to customize their watch. And it turned out the truth of it was people were buying it because they viewed themselves as having an active lifestyle. They wanted to wear their Rolex, but they didn't want to scratch up the bracelet. So they were buying these as like a nice alternative that fit an active lifestyle. So we redid the photography and we redid like taglines and product descriptions. And um, like that alone almost doubled sales. There. So it's a, it's a similar experience. So what, what could appear to be like a non-quantifiable type of fluffy uh, exercise to like find out what people really want is actually hugely, hugely important. Uh, your case demonstrates it and, and so does my experience. So I would definitely encourage people to invest in that uh, and yeah, figure it out. If you can figure out what people want, everything's going to be a lot easier. Yeah, no, absolutely. Because whatever you think you know, you're, you're probably wrong. Yes, uh, unless you got lucky, but most likely, most likely you're wrong. At least I know I was wrong. Yeah. Um, all right, cool. So that is by far the biggest one. Uh, the second one I think is very particular, not very particular to Shopify. I think it's just very important for Shopify specifically, and that is to balance design with optimization. Okay. So some websites you see and they, they go too far one direction or the other. For, for Shopify, I think one of the reasons people – are attracted to Shopify is because they're, the websites are beautiful. The, the templates are beautiful as a starting point, and they give you a lot of design and flexibility so that a custom site can be really, you know, am amazingly designed. Uh, but what happens is I see a lot of very design-conscious brands and companies focusing exclusively on design and too far away from optimization. So I'll see things like an amazing-looking uh, site, but then when you get to the shopping cart, there are no trust symbols, there's no credit card logos, they don't take PayPal. And it, it feels to me like they're doing it almost because that would ugly up the page. Right. Right. Or their 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 proceed the checkout button is the exact same color as their header because that's what makes sense design wise. But really your your proceed the checkout button should be like the most obvious thing on the page by far. Like if you walk ten feet back and looked at your screen, you would still know exactly where you're supposed to click. Uh, so Which I think is actually a legitimate user or usability testing scenario. Yeah, is like blur, squint your eyes, blur your eyes, stand back. Can you still figure out what you're supposed to do? Right. If you can't know immediately what you're supposed to be clicking on, then then it's not it's not clear enough. So I think the the 
for Shopify stores very specifically uh, to not get too carried away with the design consciousness and making things beautiful, but remember to balance it with optimization. So right. don't hurt your brand uh, at the expense of optimization, though I think I would cynically argue to it's fine to hurt your brand a little bit uh, <laughs> for the sake of optimization. Um, but If it sells but, more, is it really hurting anything? I don't think so. Yeah, but that no. that's you know depends how much funding you got or how much how well your Kickstarter campaign did. <laughs> and you know, and that's part of the reason we developed um, that website rescues package um, was really was to change was to solve a problem for me in that you know I would design things or make design suggestions and people would say no 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 that we can't do that because it's you know it's off brand or you know my dog doesn't like the color blue that sort of thing. So part of the website rescue by you know reframing the positioning as we're going to make changes that'll make you more money, then suddenly you know you get much more less resistance um, and people are more open to it because they're like, well, you know maybe I don't like blue, but if it puts more money in my pocket, then I love blue. Or at least I'm willing to give it a try, and then if it proves itself, then I'm fine with it. Exactly. Yes. So that's I think that's great uh, to frame it that way. I mean, th- the truth is that's how I got some of our first cart hook customers. I would find e-commerce sites that I wanted to to do business with. I wanted them to be a customer. And I would just go to their shopping cart page. I'd take a screenshot, and then I would just put arrows. And then I would send them an email saying, hey, I checked out your shopping cart page. You've done a nice job on the site, but here's what I would do. X, Y, Z on your shopping cart page and send it. And people, you know, a lot of people who, even people who are making $100,000 a month on their e-commerce site, uh, you just forget about your own stuff. You just don't look at your shopping cart page for two months because you're so busy doing business. Right. The, and the cobbler's the, children have no shoes. Right. From the outside, someone comes from the outside and says, hey, by the way, uh, you should, you know, nobody can see your proceed to checkout button. It's below the fold. And something like that, well, add another one above the fold also. And these things make, make a big difference. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's see. One of, one, of my, uh, one of my favorite anecdotes is, a, is the About Us page. Okay, so when we ran our store, we used to use uh, live chat software. Okay. Cool. Everyone uses live chat software, or most people do. Anyway, um, the one we used, I think it was called Live Person. It might be different now. I don't know what happened to it. But the, the thing we liked best about it was that you, they had a, a panel, a screen, that showed you people who were on your site, where they came from, what pages they, were, they visited, what pages they're currently on. So you basically got to watch people in real time. And it had like a little door bell. Uh, every time someone came into the site, they'll go bing, bing. You know, so you can't even help yourself. You, you got to go. You got to look at it. Right. You'll see, okay, they came in from this Google ad. Cool. So I just paid, you know, $3.65 to get them here. Now let's see what they do. And what we, what we found is a lot of people would get sent to a product page. They would put it into the shopping cart. And we'd get all excited. Oh, beautiful. You know, $400 order. Here we go. And then instead of buying they would go to the About Us page, and we, we were baffled. Like, what are these people, what are they doing? Why would you go to the About Us page? And then they would abandon. So we, we eventually, we kind of got through our thick skulls. Like, they don't know who we are. We're a random site on the internet. We're not Amazon. Nobody knows us. No one's ever heard of us. They just clicked on something from Google and got to our site, and they're about to buy $400 worth of solar spotlights from people they don't trust Right? And this is, the big, this is the big thing about building trust. So what we did is we took our About Us page and we optimized it. We put a picture of the three brothers. We talked about family business values. 
We gave our five-point pledge of free shipping both ways and great customer service. We basically just built a lot of trust. Then we had a bunch of reviews uh, of our of our our own service. Like Jordan was so amazing on the phone. He helped me out. You know, actually addressing the business itself, not just the products. And then we'd go and we'd see people on the live chat software and they'd go put something in the shopping cart. They'd go to the About Us page and then they'd go back to the shopping cart page to the checkout and buy. So it was like a very, very clear demonstration of, I don't know who you are. Why should I put my credit card in your store? And then actually overcoming that trust objection, that barrier, and then watching them just go back and saying to themselves essentially, I now trust you. I feel okay about this purchase Hmm. and completing the purchase. So I always tell people not to ignore the About Us page. And it might be the About Us page or it might just be in general, don't hide behind the internet. Man, if somebody walked into your brick and mortar store, would you run in the back and let them (laughs) peruse your products? No. You'd stand there and say, hi, I'm the owner. How can I help you? What, What do you need? So don't hide, you know, build trust by putting yourself out there, your company information, pictures, anything that gives you more credibility as a real business will, will help in, opt- in optimizing. I love that. I love that story. Um, and I'm taking notes. I'm going to write, uh, I'll, I'll name check you. I'm going to write uh, a blog post, you know, to, to send people to that says, hey, this is what you should include on your about page. Um, and here's why. And you're right. I was shopping online uh, this morning. Um, looking at uh, a store that had a better price than Amazon, but I ended up paying more for Amazon because I trust Amazon. Yep. And it, I did the ha- same thing. I went. To, I was like, where are these people shipping from? And they literally didn't have their address anywhere on the site. And that was enough where I'm like, that's, that's too much. I'm out. That's too much. Right. You, you, you have not overcome the, the burden of building enough trust with me to put my credit card and then hoping that your shipping is good and yeah, you, you, you have to address it. You know, yeah. it, it's, it's easy for jcrew.com because everyone knows them. But if you're, you know, jordanshoestore.com, uh, you got to work harder. You, right. you need to build more trust. So the, the about page should really, you know, we call it the about page. It should really be geared toward minimizing risk for the, the buyer and busting objections. Yeah. Show yourself. You're a real company. You're a real store, real people behind it. You know, if you, it doesn't, you don't need to like pretend. You don't have to like, put pictures of an office building if you, don't, if you work out of your basement. You don't need to do that. Put pictures of yourself and your kid and your dog and talk about why you started the business and you know, put testimonials from people who have done business with you and your phone number and your email address. Just like you know, pretty easy stuff. Um, all right. So I could keep going on this forever, but I don't want to go over too much. So I have one more, two more. Uh, the the next one is shipping costs. Okay. So, so yeah, shipping, I've been paying more attention to shipping costs lately and what people label their shipping options. Yes. So Amazon has ruined everyone. Right. Free shipping two days is such an unbelievable proposition that that you can't ignore it. If you're selling things online, you cannot ignore it. Um, so shipping unexpected shipping costs are the single biggest reason for card abandonment. So when someone goes through the checkout process, and then sees a shipping cost that they did not expect, that's the number one reason for abandonment. So ideally, I would recommend always free shipping. If you can do it, free shipping both ways, then do free shipping both ways. But if you can't, if you have to charge something for whatever reason, the weight, the dimensions, whatever it is, then you need to manage expectations. You can't just not talk about it at all and then when they get to the checkout page say, oh, it's $16.95 for shipping because people will abandon the hell out of it. So 
you need to manage your expectations. If you do have to charge, make sure you are forecasting, you are talking about it before people have to choose to pull out their credit card. That way, even if on the product page or in the shopping cart page, they see an estimate, and there, there must be Shopify plugins for this to like estimate the, shipping based on zip code. Yeah, on the cart, you could do a, a shipping rate calculator um, inside the cart. And, uh, you know, or you know, your alternative, if you can't do um, free shipping, you could offer flat rate shipping and say, we, right. you know, we offer flat rate shipping. The cost is the cost. This is what we have. Right. In, in my mind, if you can do flat rate, just suck it into the cost and give free shipping. That's I think true. You'll, yeah. You'll, I would rather, you know, pay $58 and get free shipping than pay $50 and pay for $8 for shipping. Yes. So uh, I think a majority of people would, would feel the same way. So that's, that's one of the big, uh, big issues of abandonment. That kind of hurts for no reason. Like you're getting someone interested enough in your in your product. They're going so far as to show the intent to purchase. They're all the way at the end. Uh, if you manage the expectations properly, you'll you'll just have a higher conversion rate. Right. The um, and another thing I see people do is they give um, you know in Shopify unless you're using um, Carrier Calculated, you have to type in like you give the the shipping names. Well, that's actually a great opportunity for optimization. Um, you know, so Amazon has set the standard. They do two-day shipping. Well, you can't necessarily, you know, it would be tough or expensive to do the same thing. But what you can do, you know, let's say you ship things um, U.S. Priority Mail. Well, that's actually called U.S. Pri- US Priority Mail two-day, and it's two to four days on average. So write that, call it that, say um, free uh, two, to four pro- two to four-day Priority Mail shipping. Yeah, I just experienced this. Uh, I'm a Bonobos fan. Okay, and yeah. They're, they're a great company to look to in general for e-commerce uh, uh, companies and professionals. Um, so a lot of what they do is very cutting edge and very interesting and optimized. And, and they have money in the bank. They're, they're growing. So they're, they're good to look at as an example. Um, I would check out their, their flow and when and where and how they describe their shipping. Uh, so I just bought something from them the other day. And... It, they made me feel great about free five to seven day shipping. So it's it, five to seven days. Yes, it's a while. I mean, I don't need my shorts that bad, but <laughs> they made me feel good about the fact that I was choosing it free. And then I have the option for whatever it is, eight bucks to upgrade to two days. So they really made it like an opportunity where we're, of course, you can have it for free. That no questions. Of course, it's always free. But if you want to upgrade, then this is how much it costs. That also so, might be an interesting way to call it that. Say, um, you know, Free shipping, five to ten days. Upgrade, like literally, just label it upgrade to two day shipping, eight dollars. Right, right, and that's like, now it's my choice. Yeah, you're not, you're, not, you're not banging me on shipping. Now I'm choosing because I want them sooner for the weekend because I'm a diva and I really need my pink shorts <laughs> for the weekend. Um, yes, so that's that's that one, and then um, I mean, how, how much more time do, do you have here? <laughs> uh, well, do you, you have one more, or two more? Yeah, I could do I could do two more. Uh, the fr- the first one is it's not optimization; it's business, okay. and that is to find a profitable channel and then be freaking aggressive. the 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 hardest thing is to find a way, like we spoke about earlier, to spend a dollar to get two dollars back. But if you are fortunate enough to find that you might be surprised by how big the market is. We were certainly shocked by how big the market for solar flag lights was. You know, who would think we could sell 10 of these every single day for six months in a row? It's kind of 
you know, it, it makes no sense. Like, how big is this country? But it's gigantic. Um, so if you do find that profitable channel, whether it's a Facebook ad, whether it's uh, content marketing, once you find it, don't mess around, man. It's probably not going to last forever. So I just encourage people to push. And then, you know, not not only is it good to find a profitable channel, more customers is also just more profitable in general. A, a larger email list of people who have already purchased from you, that's more valuable for the company in case you want to sell it. It's more valuable in terms of revenue around the holidays. It's just, if you're lucky enough to find it, don't don't mess around, man. Don't be, play it safe. Push, push the gas. So if you view, if you... Um, if you've got a business that has that consistent profitability, view it as you know a a system that generates money for you, and in that sense, stop looking at um, your marketing as expenses. Look at it as uh, marketing investment. It's it's the driver. <laughs> it's it's the why you're in business, uh, and I think it's unrealistic to expect to make that much money off of free channels entirely. I mean. You know, people are definitely a lot better at content marketing than I am. So some people who are real, real pros at it can can go a really long way on on free marketing. Uh, but I, I like the paid stuff because you have control over it. Uh, and if you are fortunate enough to find a paid channel that works, then you got to hit the freaking gas. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that's going to guarantee traffic to your site is paid advertising. Yep. But there, you know, at the same time, like there's no reason not to do multiple channels. You can do content marketing. You could do organic SEO. Um, and PR outreach and pay-per-click on Facebook and retargeting and Google AdWords. Like, there's no reason to do one thing. I totally agree. Uh, it's probably just because of personal prior experience. But my recommendations to people would be to to try the paid route early on. Because if you are fortunate enough to hit everything right, where your ads, your landing page, your products, your copy, your checkout process, if that's lined up, and you're profitable, then that can help generate money that can help you You just A, be safe in terms of getting to profitability so that you're not on a runway and looking at your bank account every month uh, until you go out of business. And it also helps generate revenue to go other places. Hiring blog writers, hiring better designers, hiring people like Kurt Elster to help you optimize your store, all these things. So if... No, that's a really good... Yeah, that's a good point. It's one of these things you could... You could just turn on and hit the gas right. and it helps you get – Because any of get... the, the free channels, it's really do it and cross your fingers and, versus and it, the paid channels, um, it's very easy to iterate. And it's going to take time. And look, one of the biggest reasons that, that, that our site was bought was for the SEO. So we did both. So we used paid advertising to drive growth. And then at the same time, we plugged away at SEO – and by the time somebody came along and wanted to buy it, they looked at it and said, so if I turn off advertising entirely, I'm still going to make 30 grand this month. And that was very, very important to them because, um, you know, depending on business model and mindset and all that. So you can't ignore uh, one entirely, uh, but I, I think you should do both. But if you're lucky enough to, uh, to hit on paid advertising and, and use that to drive growth a lot faster, then, then I encourage it. Yeah, no, it's, it's a good plan. I like it. Okay, the final thing. The final thing. You offer service. So here, it's called Cart Hook. How can that help me? I have to be a little self-serving. It's I like, want you. you know, yes. 30, I, we 30 want minutes. you to plug your service. Okay, cool. I've so, used it. I like it. it. It's nice. I believe in cart abandonment. So pitch me on it. Cool. I'm doing a little cart cart dance right now with all those kind words from you. Um, whatever you do, 
however good you get at optimizing, however hard you work at it, however perfect you get the whole thing down, you're still going to have card abandonment. It's just, it's just a natural law these days. Yeah. 100% Whatever, of people aren't going to buy. It, right. So whatever you do, I encourage you to use Cardhook. But whatever you do, use a card abandonment solution. People who go through your checkout process and don't complete the purchase, the people who don't fill in their email address, that's what retargeting is for, display advertising. Right, so that's something else. That's ad roll, perfect audience, retargeting to Google Network and Facebook. That's trying to recapture people uh, who haven't gone that far into the checkout process with retargeting ads. Cool. The other side of it is remarketing with email, and that's what Carthook does. So someone who goes into the checkout process shows enough intent to actually put in their email address. Once that email gets captured, if they don't complete the purchase, send them an email. So you can send them – in Carthook, we have an automated email. It's a three-part campaign. You can set up one, two, or three emails, and it basically reminds them, entices them, offers help, whatever you need to do to bring them back to your site to complete the purchase. It's just one of these low-hanging fruit. I know a lot of consultants that, that work with e-commerce stores. One of the, you know, the first conversation they have is, cool, let's start retargeting for display ads. That's relatively easy. And then let's start card abandonment emails because whatever you're doing right now, it'll just make your revenue go up. Yeah, so that's I encourage people. You want to use Cardhook? Come on down, baby. We'd love to have you. Um, but if if not Cardhook, do something. Don't let those people who showed that much intent to purchase walk away completely. Yeah, there's a native one um, in Shopify that just sends a single email. Mm-hmm. You don't have a lot of options with it. It's better than nothing. Better um, than nothing. But there are much better. Like if you you know if it works and you believe in it, um, and I do, doing like three part series work really well. Yeah, three-part series. Uh, I encourage people to ask questions. Yeah, it uh, is a customer service opportunity. It's a customer service opportunity. Hey, what happened? Can we help? Here's our, our phone number. Here's Did you get eaten by zombies? This, reply to this email. Look, depending on your brand, you could talk about zombies. Look, it, it is an opportunity. You know, don't just make it super generic. If you sell Everest bands for your Rolex, you know, write something about that. Make a little quibble. It, it is an opportunity to talk and then also encourage a reply. Because those people will tell you, I didn't see a, sh- a shipping option for Puerto Rico, or I thought your shipping was too expensive. Right? You'll you'll get feedback from people who are at the very very end of your funnel. Really really valuable information. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. All right, that's it. I'm like e commerce optimized out. I'm, I'm sweating. <laughs> I'm, I'm all excited. You know, you know what? That's all. I mean, 100 percent of that was good advice, actionable advice. Um, you know, which is really really what you want, and in the microconf spirit. Um, and then in there, yeah, I mean, even I got a blog post out of this. <laughs> there you go. Value all around. I took notes. I'm going to 100%. I'm writing a blog post, and I'm going to... Oh, quote me, baby. Yeah. So I was talking to Carthook founder Jordan for the Unofficial Shopify podcast, and yeah, he dropped the, truth bombs on me. Truth bombs, but you have to make sure the link title tag, you know, the anchor text is cart abandonment, you know, and that links to Carthook. Come on. That's, oh, that's SEO 101. Yes. You think I don't know that nonsense? I'm just making sure. (laughs) All right. Uh, Cool, man. Kurt, thanks very much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. 